In episode 543 with Avita Garrity, we are diving deep into all things social media, how to grow your accounts, how to go viral, and so much more. If growth on social media is on your agenda right now, you are going to love this conversation. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis, and Time Magic. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hello, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because I have followed Avita on social media for so long and I'm so glad that she is on the show. Now, she is such a sweetie. I absolutely love her videos. I think she's just so warm and so sweet, but also they are jam-packed with wisdom, tips, tricks to help you grow your social media. Now, she's not just a business coach. She is also the owner of a thriving social media agency that specializes in Instagram. Now, she quickly grew her Instagram account from zero to 460,000 followers in 12 weeks, all whilst being a dedicated mum and working in a nine-to-five high-paying corporate job. How amazing is that? Now, from this remarkable success, She was able to build a multiple six-figure product-based business on Instagram with 175,000 followers and 200,000 followers on TikTok. Now, she is driven by a mission to help women and mothers to create freedom-based businesses online. Now, for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 543. Now, without further ado, we're going to bring on Avita, but... You are going to want to get your pen and paper, my friends. Trust me, you are going to want to take notes. Now, let's dive in. Evita, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Breakfast? You might find this really weird, but I have rice, smoked salmon, and avocado. Wow. Well, I think you're missing out a really crucial point that we spoke about before we started recording, and that is that it's 1 a.m. for you right now. So you haven't even had breakfast yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. I was like, I'm just so excited to be here. So 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I'm here. Well, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and getting up at 1am because you're in the UK. I am so excited to be your first ever podcast interview. This is just so amazing. You're up. You look amazing for 1am. I don't think I would look that good at (laughs) 1am. Thank you. I haven't actually slept yet. So, What do you mean? Have you not gone to bed? No. No, I'm awake. I, I normally go to bed quite late anyway. So it'd be okay. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. And I just want to start off by saying, holy moly. Like when I first discovered you on Instagram, I was completely blown away by 
not only your beautiful energy, your kind, big-hearted energy, but you have grown your personal Instagram account from zero to almost half a million followers in 12 weeks. Now, in case anyone thinks that this was an absolute fluke, you then went on to start a product-based business and grew that Instagram account from zero to 175 followers. And you also grew to 200,000 followers on TikTok. Now, those stats are just amazing. And there's so much I want to dig into with you today. But I just wanted to start by asking, before you became a social media superstar, you worked in corporate. What made you decide to start dabbling in social media marketing in the first place? So I actually um, started a product-based business. It was the other way around. So I started a product-based business originally because I just feel like, I mean, I've, I've got a good corporate job, but I just feel like something is missing. Like I feel like I'm made to do something bigger, but I wasn't sure what it was. I wasn't sure. Now, my background was retail. So I was a buying director for big retailers in the UK. So I just thought, okay, I know product. Let me start with selling online and using Instagram as a marketing tool because I didn't have any budget to market it really. So I had no choice but to use Instagram because it was free. And I quickly had to learn how to use it. And my followers grew quickly on the product-based business side. What was the product, hun? So it was a pantry organization, like personalized labels. So I grew that really, really quickly to a six-figure business within five months using Instagram. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. What, how? I know people are listening thinking, okay, I want to do that. How did you do it? So what I did was I, I identified a need in the market because everyone was at home at that time because it was a pandemic and they were sorting their pantry storage out. But in the UK, there's not many pretty storage. You know, it's, it's really like bulky, clunky plastic containers. And I just thought, okay, this, this is in, in the US, it's becoming increasingly popular. You've got Marie Kondo, you've got the Kardashians organizing their pantry, right? So I thought, okay, I think there's a gap here. So I started, I just bought like few, like I had 600 pounds at that time to buy stock. I said, okay, I've got 600 pounds. I'm going to buy stock. And my background is retail. So I just thought, okay, if I can sell that and then reinvest it again on more stock, then I'd, I'll have a business. And I remember buying a cricket machine that was around 200 pounds. So I had 200 pounds and then 400 pounds per stock. And I just went on YouTube, learned how to create personalized labels. And he started from there. <laughs> wow. So what is this business called? So everyone can go and check it out. Yeah, so it's called Hampshire Home Trends. Um, I've actually recently closed it down because I was I'm going to focus on the business that I have now. But it's been like super successful. I was able to quickly uh, move out from the kitchen table to an office with staff, with the team that would fulfill the orders and everything. But all through the power of Instagram and TikTok. Wow. So during those 12 weeks where you went from zero to 460,000 followers on Instagram, 
What were you posting? How often were you posting? Did you have a strategy? Did the strategy stay the same the whole time? So the the 12 weeks, so that is my um, service-based business that I've started after the product-based business. So what I have done is I said, okay, I don't know if I just rewind this ever so slightly. So I had that product-based business and I realized that that wasn't for me. That wasn't, you know, so I, I, I keep on searching, keep on searching. And I thought, do you know what I'm really good at? It's Instagram. But I kept on like going back and forth. I tried different things. I went, okay, I'm going to go help small business owners with everything really, like product-based business with website, marketing, everything. But then I couldn't quite hit that spot. I couldn't quite hit that spot. It's only when I said in July that, right, I'm going to focus on Instagram. I'm going to niche it down and I'm only going to focus on Instagram. I'm going to focus on Instagram growth. That's it. If this doesn't work, I'll just carry on with my corporate job and, you know, get promotions and everything. But let me just try this and give it my everything. And that's what I did. I started posting twice, three times a day if I could. The only reason why is so that I can have more data because data tells you so much. And then once I kept in posting, posting, and then the data became apparent which one works, you know, and then I listened to the comments and then I just kept in going and going. And then actually there was two reels that I'd say 60% of my followers came from those two reels. So Do you want to know something really interesting? So one reel gave me 279,000 followers. Whoa, what was this reel? And I'm going to link to it in the show notes for everyone to go and watch this reel. But what was the reel? It was like a simple hack that showcases, I think it was just like a, a moving video of like different products. That was that, 279 thousand followers. But that was done strategically though, because I made sure my profile was fully optimized so that when people, when when viewers, when they view the reel, they then check out my profile because it's fully optimized and it speaks to them, they follow it. Okay. So how do you optimize your profile? What does that mean and what does that look like? So optimizing my profile, firstly, I I got really, really clear who I'm serving. I got really clear what my niche is. You know, I wasn't, like I mentioned before, I was trying to serve small business owners, right? So I did a load of things. I couldn't get people to come to my old page. And I was like, why? I've got so much value to give. But it's only when I really niche down and focus on like one particular area that I then yeah, people started to really see, they look at my page and they go, oh, and I've also put social proof and my language was really simple. So my issue is because I came from corporate, it's very difficult to break it down to like simple, you know, like easy, easy language that users can understand at whatever level, you know, I, I'm just so trained to like write a very formal you know, formal captions or emails or whatever. So what I tried this time was, yes, I found a niche, but also, you know, I just brought it back to basics. I think that is so key because people don't have 
a long attention span. They don't want to sit and read something super complex. They literally want step one, step two, step three. So I love that you do that. Tell me, what is your niche? Because we talk a lot about really knowing your niche and really getting into the mind of your ideal avatar. It's so important. So who is your niche? And tell me a little bit about them. Yeah. So I focused, like I said, I focused on Instagram growth because I really sat down and reflected, okay, what is it that I'm interested, but also I'm good at? And then I forgot that I've, I grew the product-based business to, to that level and TikTok. So I knew Instagram, you know? So I thought, okay, one thing that I can really help people is grow their Instagram account. And then my target was more on the professional side. You know, there was the corporate who wanted to venture into the Instagram world. It doesn't know how to like navigate Instagram pretty much, you know, and thinks that Instagram is complicated and it's not for them. So I was quite clear. Well, I would say I started with the Instagram growth and over time, over the weeks and what I've posted, and I said, okay, becoming really clear who my audience is. And I've just, every time that I've created content, I think about them. I see a lot of creators make this mistake. They create content for them. They forget what their audience wants. This is so key. We teach this in She Launch, which is our offering. We teach this because it is so important They create content that is for them or that they like. And I believe you've got to create content for your ideal avatar, for your niche. And you can put your flair on it and your flavor and your character and your energy, of course. But if you want more leads, you've got to create with your ideal avatar in mind. And I know for me, I have done that in the past. I've definitely created content just because I liked it and not really honed in on my niche. So I think this is such an important piece and why one of the keys to your mega success is you've really nailed your niche and optimized your profile, which I love. So do you mean by that? So when someone finds you from a reel, they come to your profile, they see, wow, I love all of the content that she's creating. It's all for me because I'm the niche and then they'll click follow. But what I see a lot of people do is they haven't optimized their profile. So when someone comes, they're a bit confused. Oh, she's posting about her dogs, but then she's posting about coaching and then she's posting about her latest shoes that she just brought. Like it's confusing and people like, I don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, that is so, so true. And I have, with my profile as well, I made sure that you're right. You mentioned the one to three seconds at our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. So I always say you've got three set, one to three seconds to grab whoever goes into your profile. Make sure your profile is also scannable and easy to read because we're so lazy. Like as, you know, consumers, we just look at it and you're like, if it's too long winded and, it's got complicated words. You won't even bother to read it. But if it's scannable, if you look at my profile, you can see that it's so easy to read. It's really scannable. 
yeah, coming back to what you were saying before about all of your content is so digestible. It's not super complex. It's just here are the points. Here's how you do it. And the same with your profile. It's like, this is what I do. These are the women I serve. You know, I help female coaches get to 10K a month without the burnout, whatever it is. You know, you've got to be super specific on what you do. But I'd love to pick your brains a little bit more about this. Have you found, you know, stories or reels or posts or carousels? Have you found one perform better than the other? I'd love to kind of go into this a little bit with you. Yeah, sure. So with, so I trialed carousel, but that didn't, that's reaching more of my followers rather than non-followers. So it depends on my strategy at that time. So my strategy probably a few weeks back is all about growth. So it's building audience. So I was really focused on real, like just really putting out content that's going to attract people. Like I have another way of, so I think about when I create content, I think about content that is in demand as well in my niche. So I don't just second guess it. I do my research. So with that in mind, so I'd have, I've created Reels. I said, oh, I'm going to focus on Reels because my focus at this time is growth. Now I've just slowly moved into my focus is nurture. So my feed is all about reaching non-followers. My stories and my DMs and my broadcast channel is where I go deeper and where I nurture my audience. I love the clarity that you have. This is so important. So with your Instagram, because so many people will say, but I'm just not growing. But is that your strategy right now? Are you in a growth period or are you in a nurturing period? Like work out what period you're in and then go in all in on that. I love that so much. And then yeah, work out where you nurture. Is it in the DMs, the comments, the podcast? Maybe you've got a mastermind or you've got a product or whatever it is that you've got where you can nurture deeper. So I love the clarity that you have around this. Tell me, are you the only one coming up with ideas and then creating the reels and doing all of that stuff? Do you have a team? I mean, yours are so beautiful. They're like so stunning. Are you doing all of that or do you have a team helping you? No, I have a team, yes, but no one touches my content. I have a team because I have an agency, uh, Instagram agency as well, and I've got um, uh, different programs, but no, it's only me who does the content. So, but it's really, really simple. I mean, I only use my phone to record. That's it, my iPhone. I use probably Canva for my covers and I edit on Instagram. That's it. Like, honestly, I couldn't, a lot of people go, what apps do you use? What all this complicated stuff? And I was like, to be honest, I just use Instagram. She used my phone and that's it. I love that, babe. I love that. I can hear everyone just doing a big sigh of relief right now. They're like, ah, I don't need to learn this new software or this app because it is, there's a lot, there's a lot to take on. And the more simple that we can keep it, simple Captions, simple creation, like simplify, like we've got enough going on in our life. So tell me, how do you 
batch your content? Do you sit down one day and write 10 reels and then film them the next day? What's your process? Okay, so my process, I'm just going to tell you as it is, okay? So my process is on a Sunday or at the beginning, Sunday or Monday, I just write down the type of reels that I will post that week. Just write it down like in a piece of paper. I don't have the fancy content planner or anything. My brain works so it is just simple. If you make it complicated, I just I it will just overwhelm me. So I'm like, let's keep it simple. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna research. So I do a lot of research. I do a lot of looking at everyone's content and just trying to understand what is currently on demand, like what hooks are on demand, you know? So and I then, you know, write it down and go, okay, my ideal thinking of my avatar and then my research, then I then create and I'll just write it down. And sometimes I'll do three in one go, but like tonight, for example, I've just created the reel very quickly and I've just posted it. Because sometimes my energy, like my creative energy comes at a random time. I would love to to say that I've got the batching mailed. I mean, I've got an agency. So while we batch for, for you know, for clients, but it, I grew my account, not worried about how do you batch this? How do you do that? Because that's just going to overwhelm me. The commitment that I made to myself when I grew my account, I'm going to ignore the noise and I'm just going to focus on the content and just produce two content a day. That was at the beginning. Now I posted twice, two or three times a week. Because my focus is nurture. But at that time when I was growing, I was like, I'll ignore the noise. I'll ignore trending sound. I'll ignore everything. I'm just going to focus on the content of the video. Mm-hmm. And making it really good quality content. Yes. Like I, I just just need to be what my client or what my audience want. That was that. And I just used my phone and in app. That was it. Okay. Amazing. So you said that you ignored trending audios. I always thought we've got to use trending audios. We've got to use hashtags. We've got to do all of this. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did have hashtags because it was a new account. So I needed to train the algorithm to make sure that, you know, it speaks to the right people. So I did have hashtags, but I use, again, simplicity. I use one set of hashtags over and over and over again. That's amazing. Thank you. 94 posts later, I'm using the same hashtags. Again, simplicity. Okay. And then, yeah, sorry, what was the question again? I just, I think I lost it. So trending audios and hashtags. So hashtags, yes, I've used hashtags, but I only spent like probably five minutes searching for the hashtags and I've used the same one. Trending audios, like I do use them when I can, but I don't actively search for them. I don't actively obsess and like, what's a trending audio? What's this? What's that? So I just focus on creating the video. Mm -hmm. I love that. Bringing it back to creating the most epic content that you can, because content is always going to win. Epic content is always going to win. Yeah. And what I did focus though was the hook and the first one to three seconds, I was obsessed with that. Like I was, you know, the first one to three seconds of my video, 
and how can I make people watch it longer? Because the more, you know, the more people watch it, the more Instagram is going to push it out to non-followers. Yes. Yeah. Are there any strategies or trends in Instagram marketing that you think are overhyped or overrated? I think trending audios for a start, I mean, it, it adds to, to the, the, I guess it adds to the value of, not the value, but like the feel of the, feel of the, the real. But it also depends what niche you're in as well. So I think trending audio is not the be all and end all. Like you said, it wouldn't resolve a rubbish content. You know what I mean? Sorry if I'm, am I allowed to say that? Yes, yes. <laughs> What's the rubbish content? <laughs> so I, I, I don't personally believe in um, trending audios. And I also don't believe in fake engagement. You know, like how Pete, your advice to like go and like go onto other people's pages and then pretend that you've, you know, you said this or said that so that people can attract, you know. Have you seen, have you heard of that strategy? whereby you have to engage with your non-followers. Oh, okay. So like you go and engage with non-followers hoping they'll come back? Yes, yes. There's a lot of that around to like engage with a lot of non-followers or people in your niche. But then, you know, people are not daft. They know, like they know that you're in that. They can sense a comment, you know? So there's a lot, a lot of that is being said about, oh, you've got to engage to do this. You've got to engage with, with that so that they can, they will notice you. I just don't fully believe in that because spend more time, like focus your energy, creating the right content rather than, you know, of course, engage with your followers and engage with the people coming into your world when they comment on your page, of course, but not go out and find and, and do fake engagement. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about engagement and posting and ghosting, which I am totally guilty of. I'm not going to lie. Like I have a two and a half year old daughter and sometimes I post and then she's in the other room needing me or whatever. Like she calls me. Do you know what I mean? So tell me about that. Like how important is it that we post and we stay on and we engage with our audience? Sure. How, because it's been increasingly difficult for me too, because of the number of comments I get. Like today, I've just posted one and within like five minutes, I had 45 people, 45 comments. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I'd like to engage with each one. So what I tend to do is before, and this is what I would recommend to people as well, is before you post, you could do like a quick engagement of your own community, like go to their stories and then you know, if you genuinely like that, that story, then comment something, you know, because what that, what will happen is Instagram will, will sense that, okay, you're engaging with these people. So therefore, whatever content that you're going to put out, it'll be shown on their feed because only 20%, I think 20% or less than that of our followers that will get to see the content. So the more like you engage and then you post it, then it goes, and then I will just respond for five minutes. I'd probably just respond to whoever is commenting, but then I kind of like leave them. <laughs> sounds really bad, but then I do engage on my story. You know what I mean? Like I do like a mass engagement, if you like, on stories and I get a lot of DMs. 
What do you mean by mass engagement on stories? So you'll post and they'll write something back and then you in your DMs? Yes. Yeah, so I'll just, so if, for example, someone's asking me a question on the comment, I would bring it to the stories because you tend to get a feel of what people are asking anyway. So we'll address it on the story because I just cannot simply respond to everyone. Um, so I will, and I normally put, um, ask me any questions and they'll write questions and I will respond so that everyone can see their response. You know, I'm, if, if I do like a, a story where I'm actually promoting, I'll get a lot of people to DM me and I just do voice notes because it's easier and it gives personal touch as well. Yeah, I always do voice notes. I love voice notes so much. So tell me, do you have on your stories where people can comment then and there? Because I turned that off and now I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have turned that off. (laughs) Yes, I do leave the comment section because I tend to use my stories. So I use stories to sell pretty much regularly, but I use it in a non-salesy way. You wouldn't even think I'm selling. You know, so I do interact and I do get a lot of comments from my stories and I use engagement stickers, especially if that is your first post, because what if if someone, if you ask like a quick question, like a compelling quick question that people are going to guess quizzes, they love that. Like, what am I doing today? Guess, you know, like they'll click any button. They love that. But what that will do is will it will send a signal to the algorithm that this is a good story. So it will triple your views. What if you put a quiz? Like if you put like an engagement, you know, if you haven't been, if you haven't been using your story, say for example, if you're, if you've got a launch coming up, so I would normally recommend, you know, don't go in your stories for 24 hours. And then when you then introduce your launch, you put a sticker, like an engagement sticker, but ask a really strong question, something that people will ask, you know? Okay. Tell me, an engagement sticker, is that like a poll or a quiz? Is that what you mean? Yes, a poll, a quiz, or the emoji sticker, that. So you just need to let, you just need to get people to tap it. And then Instagram would go, okay, this is a good, good piece of story. So I'm going to push this out to a lot more people. Yeah. And the whole ask me anything in the stories and then responding, are you finding that really working? has for me it has for me I've converted a lot of like to my course or to my agency so I have because I've strategically positioned the questions to be to show my expertise to show my authority and a glimpse of how I teach yeah beautiful I love that I love that so much for someone who is starting on Instagram who has a small following or even no following what are top three actionable tips to help them make the most impact in a short amount of time? I mean, we've covered so much already. Is there anything else that you would add? The three things really that I would focus on if you were starting an Instagram would be, I know we've covered this a lot, but the niche, you just need to be really, really clear. Or even if at that time, because you always pivot, you always, you know, you pivot anyway, you know what it is, is your business grow, you kind of like, okay, you know, you, you move along with the business. So just at that point in time, just choose something, you know, and really go with it. But just make sure that you, you do your research to check that there's a demand for that niche. And then the second one is 
again, look at a lot of viral videos because you know what they say, success leaves clues. It's in there. Yeah. Okay. So doing the research is really important. Let's talk about engagement versus follower count. What's your stance? Which do you believe is more crucial for long-term success and why? Engagement. (laughs) I always say it's incredible for the last 12 weeks I have built, I think at that time was 480,000 followers. But you know what my real achievement is? It's turning that into a rapidly growing six-figure business. And I I managed to do that. And that's in 12 weeks. But I only managed to do that because there was engagement. There was a community. You know, anyone can go viral. But, you know, what do you do with those followers if you don't have the right, you know, engagement, nurture? That's just going to be a vanity metric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you take your community here that you've built and do you put them in a Facebook group or, I mean, I know you lead them to your agency and you lead them to your programs, but do you just nurture them in Instagram or do you take them to a group or something like that? So I don't actually, I just, I just do it. I just nurture them on Instagram because like I said, simplicity. (laughs) I do have obviously my email sequence and all of that that would nurture them further, but I've, I've just, started the broadcast channel and I was hoping to nurture them even more using that because it's actually a powerful tool. I was thinking of creating a Facebook group, but I just thought if I just, you know, keep them on Instagram and nurture them there, like through my stories and and my DMs, I mean, it's, I get a good amount of story views. So I just pretty much stay there and then lead them to the broadcast channel. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. I have to join your broadcast channel because I haven't joined it, but I'm going to join. So thank you. What are the most common mistakes you see people making on Instagram that make you wish you could like take them aside and just whisper into their ear and help them out? There's a few things really. So the first one is, I know I kept on going back to this, but when they're really unclear what they want to do, like they'll put, I, I do, um, I don't, I don't know why I'm saying this, but like hormones, fertility, pregnancy, all of this in one, they're trying to cram everything in. And I'm like, please don't, because, you know, your audience is going to get confused. You know what I mean? Like, like if you want the niches is the niche is really, really important. So I, I just think trying to please everyone by doing that, because you don't want to miss out on, you know, you don't want to miss out on, on, a potential client, but you're you're gonna end up not attracting anyone really if you want to be, you know, if you want to serve everyone. So I see a lot of that. And then the second one, I still see like a lot of people creating videos for them when they have a business and they create videos for them. They they think, okay, I like this, but forgetting what would your clients want to see, like they'll create like, I don't know, they're behind the scenes of, of, I mean, it's great to have like a personal element to, to a reel, but when you're, for example, a product-based business, you should really be showcasing, you know, your product, how is it used than just a slideshow of photos as well. So I see a lot of that still going around. 
I don't know. I still can't think of, of anything else. But yeah, we haven't covered. What are your thoughts, though, on authentically sharing? Because like they are buying into you. They want to get to know you. We want to know more about Avita. We want to know what you do. But where's the line between sharing more about you and just posting stuff that serves your niche? Can you kind of mesh the two or like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, yes, 100%. So I was talking about earlier, and I was just talking about the feed. So with the stories, I always bring my personality into it because that's what people, like you said, people buy from people, right? So one of my biggest learning in this journey is people in my world like me from me. Like I'm so not perfect. You know, it took me so long to to even show up on my stories. You know, I used teleprompter before on my stories. Early this year, I will do like 30 takes of one story, you know, because I was I wasn't confident in showing my, you know, my face or my, just me, you know? And, oh, another thing as well, there is a shift that I did with my reels. First, it was just a B-roll of me. Then that was okay, but it wasn't quite working. But when I started speaking, like at the beginning of the video, it was only like a three second of me talking, but people can feel my energy through that. So that for me is authenticity. I need to show up as me, like, or else I would get so burned out. I would get so overwhelmed. So I'm going to have to showcase me. You know, I did my first masterclass. I had 780 people in that masterclass. That was my first ever masterclass. And I was like, but you know what? They, they embrace the imperfect me. That's what they're buying into because they can relate. You know, they relate because they're you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. It's, yeah, just you, your energy, your voice, your tone. Like people are leaning into your content because of that. So really let that shine through in your content. People always say to me, you always say beautiful. I'm like, but that's actually how I talk. I actually say that to all of my friends. Hi, beautiful. Every single day when I speak to them, like that's just who I am. So infusing you and your flair into the epic content is a recipe for great content. That is so, so true. And I didn't believe that before. You know, I'm like, it's the same. It's the same that I'm just there like doing B-rolls. But it's actually when I started talking, that's when my reels were taking off. And when they can hear my voice, that's when it started taking off. People are following you because of you. They love you. They want to see more of you. So we have to really remember that. But you mentioned something really important, and that is the confidence piece. So... I know for me, I've always been a really confident person. I was a professional dancer. I did acting, TV presenting, modeling. I've grown up on the stage from three years old. So I've always been really outgoing and confident. But there have been times where I've really doubted myself, like, oh, are people going to judge me? And my confidence has kind of dwindled. But I know that we have to really work on that. We have to own our message. We have to own who we are. So can you 
talk to us about how do we build more confidence and trust that what we're putting out there is enough and not doubt every single time we press post and go, oh, is everyone going to think that's horrible or was that good? Like, do you know what I mean? Because I hear this a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still, you know, to this day, I, I look at my reels and I go, oh, I don't really like that. But I made a rule with myself. I said, Avita, if it's 70%, fine, then it has to go. You know, it's never going to get to your 100%. If it's 70%, let it go. And I just like, oh, that reel that got 11 million, right? Let me tell you the story of that. So I just got back from family holiday. There was lots of laundry in the kitchen. I was like, oh, I need to post. I was like, oh, I need to post. And I quickly grabbed like, the lighting was really, really poor. And it was just me. It wasn't that great. But the actual content is good. But the lighting wasn't as great. And I didn't look my very best. So I just thought, okay, this will just have to do. This will just go. I'm just not going to look at it. And it's going to go. And it went and up to now, I look at it and it's like, this is not my best work. <laughs> but it gave me 279,000 followers. You know what I mean? Wow, babe. Wow. This is another thing I hear. A lot of people, they say, I don't have an Instagram-worthy house. I don't have a beautiful couch and greenery. And that actually holds people back from sharing and from posting because the aesthetics aren't what they desire. So what are your thoughts on that? You just, you just have to make do, like do, you know, with what you've got, you make it pretty, find a corner. And, you know, with like, look at my little artwork around here, but it, you know, you just do it, whatever there is space somewhere, you know, if there's a will, there's always a way, right? I really believe in that saying. And I wasn't, I wasn't confident at all before, you know, you would never, ever see me showing up my face and camera. Like last year, I probably wouldn't. You tell me if I go on, on my reels and start talking or go in my stories, never, never. I mean, I don't have problems in the boardroom and like really talking to like colleagues and like presenting. I don't have any issues with that. But when it comes to public and me showing my face, I just thought, oh, no, I'm not comfortable with that. But I know that I wouldn't get anywhere if I left my fear of not showing up, you know, really eat me up. So my way of dealing with it is slowly, my own time, I started B-rolls. I started kind of doing photos and then slowly but surely, it's only recently that I've really showed up in my stories. I, I just started talking. I had to do it. I had to do it because that's the only way. You know, that's the only way you'll get better. So actually face your fear. I went on live, on Instagram live, and it was like, ah. And all, all my followers, they were, there were so many of them, but they, they knew I was walking them through the journey that this is my first live. I'm doing this because I wanted to be good with public speaking. Like I was actually preparing for this podcast. That was just being honest. Oh my God. And every week just so I could practice. You are the sweetest, cutest thing in the entire world. I love that you did that. But this 
whole world, business, Instagram, it's personal development, right? It's face our fears and do it anyway. Like look at our fears and go, I feel scared to post my face and talk. I feel scared to share authentically about whatever it is, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's how we grow and that's how we expand. And I just love that you have just looked at fear straight on and gone, I'm just going to do it anyway because I can't get to where I want to get to if I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to, you know, really sit down and have a little chat with myself and go, you know what, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? If, if you do that and it's imperfect, it just goes to show that you're human. Exactly. So, I mean, my first book, Mastering Your Mean Girl, is all about mastering this negative fear-based voice inside our head. I'm going to send you a copy, by the way. But this voice, it comes up so much in social media. You don't look good, or why do you talk like that, or that's not good content. So we do really need to master that voice and just show up anyway. And, you know, Brene Brown said something so powerful many years ago. And she said that people who are not in the arena, and if those people say negative things about you and comment, you know, the keyboard warriors, those types of people, if they are tearing you down and they themselves are not putting themselves out there and are not showing up on social media, do not take on board anything that anyone says, but especially those people that are just like, sitting behind their keyboard, you know, saying horrible things about you, and they're not even out there putting themselves out there. Do not take on board anything that anyone says. And I always ask myself, like, is there truth in this? You know, if there is like constructive criticism or feedback from someone in my team or my husband or a friend or someone online, I always ask myself, like, is there any truth in this? And what is my lesson? And I try not to take it personally. I know sometimes I do. Sometimes it stings. And I'm like, that really hurt my feelings. But I'll ask myself, is there any truth in this? And, you know, what can I learn from this situation? But then there are times where someone will say something and I'm like, literally just washes off me. I'm like, that is not my stuff. Like, it does not bother me one bit. So we really do need to be discerning with whose energy we're taking on and let it go, let it go, let it go and just keep showing up. You know, lots of people say to me, like, how have you been so successful and how have you started the podcast and books and programs and got to where you've gotten to today? And one of the mega reasons is like, I just keep showing up. I have just continued to show up. When I first started my business, this was in 2011. I was blogging. This is when blogging was like super cool. I was blogging five days a week and I've just kept on showing up. And I think, you know, you're a beautiful example of like, you were posting three days a week. Like the thought of me posting three days a week right now, I'm like, I need more people to help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you, you have to show up, you know, you have to show up. If you want to grow, you know, you've got to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me about the algorithm. So many people blame 
you know, their posts performing poorly because of the algorithm and things like that. Talk to us about what your approach is to the algorithm. So the the way I see it, so whenever you produce a reel, like I mentioned early on, it's 20% gets pushed to your followers. And then if your followers resonate with your content, they will then push it out to more people. So there's a lot of factors that you need to consider. Do you have, so people that have bought followers in the past, that's going to be really difficult for them to kind of grow an account because it just stops. Like if it's not resonating. So you see a lot of, a lot of these actually, a lot of people with huge following, but then you look and there's hardly any engagement. You look like there's like zero comment or two, two views. You'd see, you know, you'd see a lot of those, but that's because it doesn't get past, you know, when it's shown to the followers and if no one's engaging, then it wouldn't go out anywhere. And so that is really, that is so important, like the niche, your followers, to make sure that they resonate with your content. So you're creating, that's the reason why you're creating content for them. So when you do, then it gets pushed out and you will get more, you know, more people. You get more eyeballs for your profile. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. Talk to me about ManyChat. Do you think it's a good tool to use? Yes, I do. I do, actually. It's a good automation. So I use ManyChat because that's part of my funnel. So whenever I create a reel, so that masterclass that I have that I did, I had 780 people on my first ever masterclass. I actually used a reel as my funnel. So a reel that then feeds into many chats and then we'll give, we'll send them like a link to the registration. So it's been, I've, I've used every week, I use many chats to somehow either, you know, it leads to my freebie or my masterclass replay. So I, I use that and I get a lot, lot of like comments from that. Awesome. So good. I have not yet used it. You should try. Yeah. Definitely, definitely going to try it. What tips do you have for anyone looking to monetize their social media? Because you, you know, in that 12 weeks where you grew so much, you made 100,000 cash in that time too. So how can we monetize our social media? So to creating offers and social media. So I actually, when I first started, I didn't have, so my focus was building an audience, right? So it was just building an audience. Didn't have any offers. I didn't have the agency then. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to build my audience. I was focused on giving them value, right? But then through that, I got a lot of messages through my DMs and said, can I work with you? Do you have any offers? Do you have any services? So I quickly put together within like probably a day, I had an offer. I had a one-on-one coaching offer at that time because that, that was the quickest that I can offer. And I'm like, okay, what am I really good at doing? And I'm, okay, I can, I can help people review their account, help them grow. So quickly put that. And then I, I did it as a beta pricing and I had to close it immediately because I had a hundred people signing up to that without any launch. It was literally just like on my stories going, here you go. Here's the offer. Because I was listening to all my comments and DMs, what they wanted. And then from that, I got you know, inquiry about social media management. Then I quickly built an agency in that time. 
So <laughs> I, for me, it was listening to my audience. It was listening to my audience. What do they want? And then creating an offer based on that. Perfect. This is exactly what we help our girls do in She Launch. It is so important. I love this so much. And I think one skill that is so important that we have is the time from when we decide we want to do something to when we action it, the quicker we can shorten that time between thought and action, the more successful we are going to be. Because if you shorten it, you have less time for the inner mean girl to say, that's not a good idea. Oh, no one will buy it. Who do you think you are creating an agency? All of that. So if you can have the thought, okay, I want to create this agency or I want to create this program or whatever it is, and then quickly take action, do that as quickly as you possibly can, you are a lot less likely to fall into the trap of fear and comparison and self-doubt. Just take action. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I take messy actions and then I just know that because no matter like if you over-prepare, right? Because I, I know a lot of people that does, they were like, oh, I'm not going to launch this. They haven't launched a course for a year or anything because they're like too scared or they've just got this, you know, m- misconceptions in the head that they can't, that it's not ready yet. With me, I'm very much like, okay, let's just add and let's figure it out along the way. That's how I did it with my product-based business as well. I just did it and figured it out. Yeah, I love it, babe. What's your approach to TikTok? Is it very different to Instagram or do you have a different strategy altogether? So with TikTok, I haven't actually done that yet with Evita Social, simply because I believe in focusing on one platform at a time. So once you've mastered that, then you can move on, you know, or, you know, there's a beauty in repurposing because create for one platform, but you can repurpose it. Like that's what I did with my product-based business. I actually created the content for Instagram and I repurposed on TikTok and I got 200,000 followers from just repurposing. And on Pinterest, I had like a million because I literally just repurposed. That was it. Street purposing it. Yeah, we teach that in She Launch as well. Do not go and try and do six platforms if you have not even mastered one. Like, choose your one. Where is your niche? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it wherever it is? I mean, for me, mine is Instagram as well. And I have other platforms. I have Facebook and I have Twitter and I have Pinterest and I do the same thing. I repurpose. But I'm curious of your thoughts on this. Do you think you can simply just repurpose or do you have to almost like recreate the thumbnail to make it Facebook appropriate or Twitter appropriate? Or do you just simply repurpose? At the moment, because obviously my focus is growing Instagram, but also at the same time, um, try and reach different, each platform have different audience, right? They will like, in Facebook and on TikTok, LinkedIn, it's different. However, I know I don't want to spread myself too thin. So at this stage, I'm literally just repurposing. That's it. And then when I'm ready, I will alter depending on the platform. I probably would choose a platform to master 
after Instagram when I'm fully happy with how it's going. And then I'll probably choose either TikTok or Pinterest, you know, or YouTube, depending on. But I, I would, like in answer to your question, I would, I would alter it to, to that platform. But if you're just repurposing, just post it, you know, don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly. Get it out there. Get it out there. Because it's amazing. The content that you have poured your love and your heart and your soul into, more people need to see that content. So yeah, repurpose it as much as you possibly can. But I think a really crucial part of your journey that I am keen to hear about, and we spoke about this before we pressed record, is that you have achieved all this success on social media while being a mama to three girls, two stepdaughters and one daughter of your own, and working full-time in a nine-to-five corporate job. Mama, how on earth did you manage all of this? Have you read my book, Time Magic? Because I feel like you have. (laughs) I just, do you know what I feel, right? Funny you mentioned that. Time, like, I still feel like I'm not maximizing my time well. You know, I just think, I don't know, because I love what I do. I love what I do. So to me, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not work, you know? People ask me that time and time again. Why is it like, you know, you've got a nine to five, you've got the kids, or you've got a family. And I've got a really supportive husband though. So we did have the chat when I started this Evita Social. I said, look, it's going to be full on. So we both need to say where, where we are. Like, can you support me at that level where you manage the household and I do this and then I'll spend my extra time, quality time with the girls, you know? So we did have that. I'm not going to lie. We did have that conversation. But essentially, like, to me, doing extra work is like other people's version of watching, binging Netflix, for example. For me, this is my, I love it. <laughs> you know, you can definitely feel that. You can absolutely feel that. And looking back on your journey and taking into account all the knowledge and wisdom and expertise that you have since learned, if you could go back in time and give advice to yourself when you were just starting out on Instagram, what three things would you tell yourself? That it's not so bad, that showing up as you isn't so bad. I wish I could have showed up sooner and believing in me that I can, that I can do it. Like being in the online space and I am also working on my personal development and I'm in front of so many amazing women who's achieved so many great things. I was like, wow, you know, this is possible. You know, it's just, that thinking that there's more, there, there's more to, to life, you know, than that what you know, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, it's not so bad. I love that. That's so beautiful. Can you talk us through a typical day in your life? I would love to hear what time you wake up, what you do, all of your little rituals and routines. Talk us through a quote unquote typical day. <laughs> Okay, so typical day for me, I'm actually a night owl, so I don't do morning routines. I tried, I did the 5 a.m. club, didn't quite get that. <laughs> I did try, I 
tried. And then I just accepted the fact and listened to my body and said, you know, your brain works better at night. You know, I come alive at night. So I didn't stop that. So I just thought, okay, but what I'm going to do is I take mornings slow. You mean like getting ready? I really like to like eat breakfast, pamper myself, you know, like really getting ready for the day. Take a long time to get ready just because it's my time. And I put a podcast on and just like, you know, potter around. And then I do, obviously, depending on what day it is, I either start with my business or with corporate, you know, because on Mondays, I normally have a business day, but then all throughout the week, then I'm doing work as in my corporate. So I do that. And as soon as five o'clock hits, I then shift to my other business, catch up with my daughters, and then go back and started and start doing it again. You know, like I either catch up with my team or do some creative work like at night because my brain comes alive at night. And so I try to capture a lot of that. And do you know what, what it is? It's changed for me when I started listening to my body and I started listening to like me. Does it sound weird? No, it's so important. Like we've got to do what feels right and true for us in all areas of our life. We've got to tune in like what really lights me up, what feels good for me and listen and honor that. So I love that you do that so much. So important. So your corporate job, is that in retail? And are you still thinking of staying in that job? Like what are your thoughts? Are you going to transition out? I'm I'm leaving. So I'm leaving. So I am 19 years of corporate. I'm leaving, but they couldn't let me leave early because I'm handling a really big project. So my last day is in two weeks. Wow. Today, 19 years in corporate. In the same company or not in the same company? Not in the same company, but I've always had a security of the pay, you know? And no matter what I do, I can play around because I've always got the security of getting paid. And I get paid well for the job that I do. So now I'm like, <laughs> but I just feel like it's, it's going to even spur me on to just go for it. Absolutely, babe. Absolutely. And what was the corporate job? So I work for a Fortune 500 company um, as a, like their global strategic sourcing director. Wow. Well, you better have a big party in two weeks when you have your last day and celebrate you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to Paris straight after. I'm <laughs> celebrating it in style. It's like, I deserve this. Yes, babe. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. Okay. I've got a few rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Personal development. A lot of that. I didn't a lot. I know it's rapid fire, but straight away, like recently, I've started revisiting again and working on self-awareness and working on myself, you know, because that's so, so important. It's everything. Our energy, our happiness, our nervous system, our everything is reflected in our work, in our children, in our relationships. So it's my job to fill me up. It's my responsibility 
to say, okay, I might have to say no to that catch up with a friend so that I can go get a massage because I really need that time for me. Or I might need to say no to this thing so I can meditate, whatever it is. It's so important that we fill ourselves up because the more full we are, we can show up to our relationships, to our work from that overflowing place. And we're going to give more. We're going to be able to provide more. We're going to be the better parent, the better boss, the better friend, the better wife when we can do that. That's so true. Really so true. And learning how to say no. You're right. Learning how to say no. Absolutely. This whole like people pleasing, yes man thing, I deleted that from my life so many years ago. I just, I used to be such a people pleaser. I watched my mom say yes to everything, even if it burnt her out. So for me, I was like, that's not how I want to live my life. So I only do what I want to do. And so my friends, they always say, you know, we really know that you want to be here because we know that you don't say yes to everything. So when I say yes to an invite, they're like, wow, you really want to be here. And I'm like, absolutely. I really want to be here because I don't people please. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I only have like a set of friends that I'm like, okay, you're my only social life at the moment because I'm in the season of growth. I'm in the season of, I just want to work to set myself. You know, I want the business to operate in a way where in a few months time, I can start you know, working when I want to work. I don't want to be tied into another corporate job. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be tied into, I work, work in my laptop all the time. No, I've put systems in place. I'm working on SOBs to make sure the business could function without me there all the time. So I started saying no. And I said, these group of friends, they are the only ones I'm going to say yes to. No, they understood. Yeah. And that's like every invitation, whether it's a business invitation or a personal invitation that comes into my world, I really ask myself, like, is this a full body hell yeah? And if it's not, then it's a no thank you. Thank you for thinking of me, but no thank you. There's sometimes I wish I could say yes to everything, but I don't have infinite hours in one day. And I have a toddler. She is my top priority in my life. So she comes first. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. On my phone, like I, when I'm on like just a silent, my daughter, when she rings, she's the only one that could like disturb, you know, and I will move calls for her because, you know, they're, you, know, you can't replace them. You know, the, the, that moment, they, they come first. So whenever she's now at an age where she'd like to spend more time with her friends, so I'm quite, you know, lucky in that. Yeah, she's not really very dependent on me. But when she's not doing anything, like I remember last Saturday, she was, I think her friend had other plans and she wasn't doing anything. So I was set to like do a lot of work. But then I looked at her and I'm like, okay, scrap the day. Let's go out and let's go shopping and let's spend some time together. You know, because she comes first. So beautiful. I'm in the season where my toddler only wants to be on me around me, on top of me, you know, like I'm in that season. So to to get her out of my office today so I could do this interview, it took a lot of convincing because she's two and a half. But up until now, she has been so happy with our nanny. She's so happy with my husband. But something has flicked within her where she's like, 
I just want to be close to my mom. I just want to be at my mom's side as much as I possibly can. And I'm just like, whatever. I'm going to soak it up because she needs me. She needs me so much right now. And that's okay. She can't be in the room while I'm doing this interview. So she's out in the garden playing with our nanny, which is great. But, you know, I've just embraced it. And I think that's really important as well. It's like embracing the season that you're in in your life. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because with, you know, like what you see in the society, it has to be this. You've got to work or and then after work, then you spend time with your family. But why not adapt the two? You know, like I, I, I love that I'm home because when they come back from school, I'm there to, to just like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, sit down. How was your day? What did you do? You know, that that kind of thing. And then go back to my work. She goes to back to her room and, you know, be on her phones. So, so for me, I'm like, I just work around it. Like, I'm tired of like listening to everyone that you need to be, you know, you need to work. And after that family, why not have both? You know, we've got the power to, to do that, I think. Absolutely. And create the life that we want to create. You know, when I had my daughter, I literally sat down and I was like, how many hours in one day do I want to work now? Because before I had my daughter, I'd work all day. I loved it. I love what I do. But I was like, okay, how many hours do I actually want to work now? And what feels really good for me? And so I had to really recreate my whole working life. And it's always evolving too, because each stage is different. So we just got to keep evolving. Yeah, yeah, and that's so true. When she's 13, then, you know, I wish I wish I could go back to the time when she's just cuddling me because now she'll go, Mommy, can you please get out of the room? Oh, <laughs> you're like, no. What does she think of her mom being a social media superstar? She said she's proud of me, <laughs> but I think she's a little bit, I think she's just a little bit embarrassed maybe. <laughs> But she's she is, and and one of my whys was I want to show these girls, these three girls, anything is possible, anything is possible for them. You know, sky is in so go for it. Absolutely, yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm the same with my daughter. She is my biggest why. I want to show her what is possible, and I also want to provide her with a life that is abundant in experiences in in every area. Okay, so that definitely wasn't rapid fire. (laughs) Okay, okay. So what is one thing that we can do today for our wealth? For our wealth, action. Yeah, take action. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Spend time with people that means a lot to you. Like, even five minutes, you know, sit and listen and feel. And be fully present. If you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose? Mm, That's a very interesting question. The book that I am currently obsessed at the minute is The Essentialism. Have Have you read that book? I haven't, babe. It's all about, again, keeping it like really simple, like, you know, one, one focus, focus at one focus at a time. I love that. And it's really like just that, you know, because we get so, so many things happening, especially in the world nowadays, you know, 
Like, what is your real focus? I love that. I love that so much. And just nail that, go in on that. I love it. This has been so amazing. I could talk to you for hours, but is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or any last little tips you want to leave us? Just go for it. Just messy actions, imperfect actions. Just do it. Whatever you want to do or like whatever you want to post, just go do it because it's not going to get anywhere if it's just in your mind, you know? I got to where I am because I took action. Amen, sister. Beautiful. You are helping so many people and you have given so generously today. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for all of these tips and tricks. I'm just so grateful, honey, truly. Now, I want to know what we can do to give back and serve you today. I don't know. (laughs) I mean... You know, people can find me on Instagram at Evita underscore social. So would love your community to check me out and enjoy the the value that is in my in my page. And hopefully that will help and serve them more. Absolutely. And we will link to everything that we've mentioned in the show notes, as well as your viral reel and your Instagram account because I really want people to go and check you out. You offer so much value on your Instagram, in your stories and in your feed. And I get so much out of it. So thank you for being here, for sharing with us. It's been such a pleasure. And I am so grateful to have had this conversation with you. Thank you so, so much. It's so, so good to be here. Thank you. My friends, I hope you got so much out of this episode. I sure did. And I feel so inspired to up my Instagram game. Now, I feel like Instagram is just such an incredible tool because it allows you to share your message and it also allows you to attract your dream clients, which is what we talk about in SheLaunch a lot. So if you got a lot out of this conversation, like I did, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that I can keep getting on these epic, huge guests for you. So if you've never left a review, please go and do that right now. I would just be so grateful. And now come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you. So please come over there. Now, before I go, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for every time you come back to listen. I truly am. And I am so proud of you for wanting to be the best version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word.